Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. Got a special one here today, Sergio Estrella from Muy Grande in Sonora. So this is the the longest podcast. recorded call i guess you could say for the podcast so far being uh, the first one out of country to where i'm where i'm not there did one with lance and emily um up in saskatchewan but i was on site sergio how are you doing today hi how are you mark i'm doing great uh ready to to uh do this perfect so we are it's the middle of summer here obviously middle of summer down in hermosillo uh sergio for everybody what kind of temperatures do you have down there right now Hi, yeah as you said it's the middle of the summer uh, right now, it's uh, it's getting a little hot for us, even for us. Uh, so one one hundred up to one ten uh, every day, you know. But it's also a rain a raining season, so we have some days that that are that are nice, you know. So uh, I, I wanted to say that because I was actually down with Sergio a couple of weeks ago, um, just for a, a quick trip down there on. on some business that we're doing together and it hit 115 degrees down there. And I have, uh, I had been a long time since I'd been in 115 degrees, took a while for the the truck to cool down there. Yes. Yes. You're right, Mark. And, uh, usually it gets that hot before the rain. So uh, after, after you, you left, then we had some rain, uh, coming the next few days. And, you know, it comes back and forth, but yeah, our highest will be one up to one twenty, I guess, uh, later in the summer. You know, yikes! So I guess explain explain to everybody the, I guess the weather pattern down there. Like everybody thinks, okay, I, I head to Sonora um, when it when it's cold here in the U.S. and it's warm down there, great food, all that, and one hundred percent true. But explain the seasons down there, being in the desert, like you're explaining the raining season obviously here in michigan i don't i don't have a raining season i guess you could say we we do in the spring but really it rains and there's um 
precipitation all year long, depending if it's coming from snow or what it is. Down there, not so much. Explain how, when the raining season is and what that really means for the wildlife down there all year. Uh, well, yes, as you said, uh, the, the raining season here is pretty marked, right? I mean, it, it happens through through the end of May, uh, part of, of June, all the way, it goes all the way to September. And that's basically when we receive all the rain for the whole year. And there's years that, that we might have a little rain during the winter, but it's not considered as a rainy season. So right now, uh, when we say it's raining, it's because it's really raining, you know, uh, so we get three, four inches uh, per rain, you know, uh, and it's, it's a lot of water and it's definitely when the, when all the wildlife need it, you know, uh, here, uh, as we mentioned before the heat, it's, it's really, uh, really high, you know, it's really hot. So they need this and they need this actually, actually also for, for water holes, you know, all, we get all the rivers and all the, arroyos you know uh, running and and it, this it's just great for the animals uh this time of the year including the 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 uh anther growth you know it helps with that and uh and and the whole the whole development you know of the of the wildlife here yep and that's i mean for for people up north that right now is what really makes or breaks to tell you if you're going to have a good antler year in Sonora. If they get a ton of rain, usually that translates to a good antler growth year down there for hunting in January. Um, also, it's key for the waterfall and so forth that are coming there. So, um, as everybody knows, waterfall starts up north, um, starts their migration down in the fall. A lot of them end up in and around Hermosillo as their final spot going south. Now, some continue farther south, but a lot will stay right there in Hermosillo and around the area there. Now, if you think about it, Hermosillo and Sonora, it's a desert, so there's not very much water that can really condenses all these ducks down. Heavy water years, the ducks don't have to go farther south. Drier years, they'll actually pick up, go even farther south down into Sinaloa and so forth. Um, so when Sergio talks about the raining season, it is extremely important for, for hunting and so forth what he does down there. Uh, Sergio, a question I've never asked you before. How did, how long have you been hunting and when did you get into hunting? Well, uh, I started hunting when I was a little kid, you know, from my dad, uh, actually, uh, well, he, he was the one taking me to hunt, uh, you know, every weekend when I was off, off school. And, uh, so yeah, I started, uh, when I was maybe, I don't know, six years old. And then I started pretty much working, for him uh, after the after I was growing growing up and uh, so I full I started fully working in the hunting uh, 16 years ago uh, full, as a full-time job uh, but before that I used to do it all the time during my vacation during the weekends when I was off school you know uh, so I've been hunting my whole life pretty much uh, and and I hope I can do it the rest of my life. Yeah. Exactly. You got the, you got the bug and the passion. So what did, when your dad got you into hunting, what, what were you hunting at the time when he, when he first got you out there? Well, when I first got, got out there, I remember I used to hunt for jackrabbits and rabbits and, uh, 
some uh, doves, you know, with with a little pellet gun up there in the on the ranch uh, by the water holes and stuff like that. So basically, small stuff, you know. Uh, but but that that got me into it, you know. And and now here I am. Got you hooked. What year for any for everybody that's listening that doesn't know Sergio's father actually started Muy Grande. Um, how long ago, Sergio? Uh, well, he started working uh, for another person in 1985, and then he started his, you know, Muy Grande Outfitters in 1989. So since then, uh, I've been, you know, I've been part of it. And, and yeah, my dad's been in the business for 35 years, you know. That's great. Hey, everybody month of july has one tag application that you guys have got to make sure to get applied before the deadline of july 30th that is pennsylvania elk that's a new one that we've been doing the last couple of years and a great one if you're looking for an absolute slob of an elk make sure to check out pennsylvania elk and you said you started full-time 16 years ago when you do you do you remember back when you started what when when you got into it full-time what did your have your dad have you doing yeah, uh, well, I, I after I graduated, I started uh, mm-hmm. my, my, you know, so 16 years ago. What I started doing just, well, starting learning pretty much the administration and, and customer side of the business. Before that, I used to do more, you know, during the weekends and vacation, as, a, as I mentioned, more like operation uh, kind of thing, like being uh, in the fields and stuff like that. Then I started, you know seeing this that you gotta be in the field but also in contact with the clients and and service you know and it's not only uh, uh the hunting but it's also the service and and you know having everybody happy here uh, when when they come you know so i started doing that uh little by little you know and and now uh well i'm pretty much uh seeing everything uh in the business right now and uh ready ready for for the next chapter, you know. Yep. Now I know you get your your kids outdoors a ton of fishing. Do you get them into hunting yet? Yes, I have uh, both. Both of my kids like to go outdoors. They love outdoors. Uh, uh, I take them fishing a lot because I like personally. I like fishing too, and and I I have the time to do it during my off season. But yes, I bring them uh, hunting uh, every every time I can during the weekends because they go to school too, you know. And so I, I bring them. Um, my my boy, he, he just started using a 20-gauge uh, this last season. And so, yeah, he's, he's a great shot, actually. And he loves hunting. They, they both love it. Love it. And, and uh, the outdoors in general, you know. Yep, that's great. Now, a question I get a ton is, is Mexico safe? Is Sonora safe? Um, I'm going to give my two cents here just before I let you in and answer that question as, as well, Sergio. When I, when I get the question, um, is a location safe, be it if I'm hunting in the Middle East or if I'm hunting down in Mexico, depending on, on where it's at, usually what I tell everybody is in today's world, there are not very many places that you can truly consider safe. Even, even here in Michigan, I use this example all the time. There are spots in Detroit or Flint or Lansing that I would not have anybody go to unless you're with somebody. And the same can be said for Middle East, if you're talking Pakistan or Mexico, just like anywhere in the world, there, there are parts that 
you want to know the person that you're going with. And if you're going with Muy Grande or Sergio down in you know, Hermosillo, they're not going to bring you into a bad area. I mean, there's, everybody knows there's a lot going on at the border, but where you guys operate is farther south of the border and don't have any of that stuff going on. So when I get the question, is Sonora safe? Usually my response is yes. If you go with the correct people down there, it's hundred percent safe. You don't have to worry about anything. I was, I was trying to think Sergio, how many days I've been down with you guys over the last couple of years. And it's over 20 that I've been down there. If it's Goulds, turkeys, doves, ducks, upland, brant hunting, and not once anywhere in town, in the lodges, at the ranches, have I had any inclination of not being safe. Um, now, I know this is probably a question that you get a lot when when booking is Sonora safe. How would you answer that one? Yes, Mark, you're right. This is one of the one of those questions that, that you, you get a lot. And, uh, well, I'll tell you this, you know, uh, first... Uh, here we're not right on the border, which most of the news and bad news you you know you see in television and all this, um, it happens in the border, and and so we're not in the border. We're a few hours uh, south from the border, and second, we're in uh, you know this is the capital of the state of Sonora. You know, it's a city. You know, it's not a little town in the middle of nowhere. So it's a city. There's safety here. Of course, like you said, there's a uh, Places you don't want to be, like here or Michigan or Vegas or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, one thing I can tell you, you know, when you come here uh, and hunt with us, first, we hunt all private areas, all right? So nobody will be there or can be there except us and our hunters. Second, we're locals, you know, we were born and raised here. And so we know where to go, where not to go, and who we lease the land from and who we're not going to lease the land from, right? And that's very important uh, to know who you're dealing with as a partner in, in leasing a land. You know, it's very important. And second, um, you know, I live, I mean, in third, I, I live a normal life here, you know, with my family, my kids. I go out to restaurants. You know, you've been in town. It's safe. I mean, there's nightlife. Uh, then our lodge on the other side, it's exclusive for our hunters. Nobody else will be there, just our hunters. Um, and so that makes it, you know, even safer. You know, you, you, you won't be there with anybody that doesn't have to be there. And uh, we're there all the time, you know. Uh, our family, you know, are 100% in, in this business and and we're there you know just uh just to take care of everything you know yeah and i'll i'll uh just going to throw in one more thing about hermosillo that i i forgot to mention earlier i can't believe i forgot this hermosillo has some of the best food for anybody that loves to eat which i do i mean both steakhouses and fresh seafood my dad loves the seafood every time we go there a ton of great restaurants in town and you guys serve amazing meals at the lodge and explain where your lodge is located at. When you get to the airport, you hear a lot of places down there that you've got to take three, four hour car rides to get to the lodge where you're going to stay. That is not true about Muy Grande. Yes. Uh, yeah, Mark. Uh, one thing we have, we do have, it's uh, our lodge is uh, it's located pretty much strategically, uh, maybe 30 minute drive or maybe less from the airport. 
But then once you're there, are are places where we're going to hunt. Uh, you're going to drive. Uh, and everybody makes makes a little joke about this, but everything is 20 minutes from our lodge, right? So uh, we try to make this, uh, all the drives short, you know, no more than 20 minutes, uh, believe it or not. And of course, there's some that we're going to be driving maybe 35 minutes, but but most of them are just are hunting, especially for birds, are around our lodge. And, and uh, so that makes it very comfortable for even for us and also for all the clients, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we this lodge, it's uh, not in the city inside, but it's in the outskirts of the city. Uh, right. I don't know. Ten minute drive from the uh, hotel zone of the city. So you're not in the, you know, in the whole middle of the city thing, but you're not also in a remote place. So it's it's a great location and and close to the fields where we're hunting. Yeah, I think it's so. I've I've hunted a ton and a ton in uh, Sonora and around Hermosillo. Like the lodge location, I it's it's great because literally you can arrive in, and we'll talk about flights in a second. But you can arrive in to Hermosillo and be hunting that afternoon while you go to the lodge, drop all your your stuff, get back out and be dove hunting in the afternoon. And because it's so close, same thing on the day you leave, usually you can get in a dove hunt in that morning before you actually go back to the lodge, change, get ready, and then head off to the airport um, as well. And Sergio, before we go over, because I mean, there is a giant list of things and hunts that you guys offer. Let's go over just exactly what to expect at the lodge. Like when people think... Usually they think a small ranch house when you think Hermosillo and, and Sonora. Not true with with how you guys have the setup. Just let's let's go through and explain how many rooms, what people should expect as far as when they arrive, what happens, what happens at dinner time, the meals, and so forth. Okay, yeah, Mark. So uh, you're right. When 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 we refer to the lodge, we we gotta let everybody know here that we have an exclusive lodge for our our customers and the lodge it's it's like a hacienda kind of thing that we built and it has 12 different uh bedrooms each bedroom has a bathroom they're all uh queen beds in each uh, bedroom so it's they're all, all the bedrooms are double rooms with a queen bed with two queen beds in each uh, bedroom so it's comfortable. It's like getting into a pretty much hotel, right? And well, our staff there, um, you know, they've been working. You know, you know how long they've been working for us, and everybody knows what to do and and what our customers expect. And we we know most of our customers, and and whoever is new, well, we try to make them feel they're at home. You know, we try to make them feel the that they're you know comfortable and you know we try to provide whatever they need uh just like being at home you know and so this is not a hotel commercial hotel you know we focus on our hunters so the rooms are nice i mean uh nice and comfortable and and uh also that we provide as you know breakfast lunch and dinner so a typical day you wake up early have the, have uh, breakfast there. Wake up, I don't know, five five o'clock. Have breakfast cooked by our staff. Then go and hunt uh, for doves or quail or whatever you you're here for. Then come back, have lunch, 
have a little siesta or relax, you know, and then head for for the uh, after afternoon hunt. On the way back, well, we have a full bar there, you know, and we have uh, we offer dinner. Uh, uh, we got uh, our chef has been working there for for many years, and we cook uh, all kinds of foods. We try to give a, a, a local touch, you know, but we cook all the way from pastas all the way to ribeyes and ribeye steaks and all this, you know. We also try to uh, cook uh, some of the game we've hunted uh, during the day as hors d'oeuvres and, uh, and, you know, make everybody kind of involved in this. And, um, yeah, so that's basically our how our lodge is operated, you know. Yeah, I've, and again, I've, I've spent over 20 nights there on, on various trips, bringing my dogs down, not having dogs, waterfall hunting. It's great, especially because I'm traveling from the East Coast, so the two-hour time change when you say wake up at 5 or, or eat at 5, it's actually 7 o'clock for me. The time change is perfect because it's like I get to sleep in every day and then go out and out and hunt too, which is awesome. Um, let's go over – I mean, let's just – we're just going to start at the top here and go over all the things that you guys outfit for and, and kind of di- dive in. So anybody that's listening to this that's that's got questions, hopefully this will answer – um, any of that pre-trip stuff or entice you to get down there just, just by listening. Um, obviously, anybody that's been down there knows exactly what to expect in the great time that awaits. But, I mean, dove, Sergio, let's go over the, the typical dove plan um, for, for guys that are coming down dove hunting. Well, uh, as you know, Mark, we our packages go for three, three or four nights, uh, and that will convert into six or eight different shoots or hunts, if you want to call them that way. Um, and it's important you mention if you arrive at noon, you can be actually hunting that afternoon. And and yeah, you're right. You know, and same thing on the way on the way out uh, on your departure, you can hunt that morning and still make it to the plane going back uh, that day. You know, so uh, what do you expect to to shoot a lot of sales first? Uh, and pull the trigger a lot, you know, especially on the dove hunting. Um, we, all the fields we we have and we manage, you know, you can find white wings, uh, white wing doves, morning doves, Eurasian doves, and some Inca doves in some of the places. You know, uh, uh, you, you've been here, you've been you, you hunted uh, several times with us, and and that's what you expect here, you know, and then. While you're here dove hunting, you can add waterfall hunt. Um, we we usually have up to seven or eight different species per hunt in one morning, for example. And um, so you can combine that, you know, combine the dove hunting in the afternoon, dove hunting in the morning. Um, and then you can also add a quail hunt, right? So... We call these all these specialty hunts. That's the name we pretty much came up with. So you book a trip for dove hunting, and you can add a waterfall or a quail hunt there, and and just make your trip a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, different. You know, and and so that's pretty much for the bird hunting. We also have the brand hunts, which you've done. And for that, you know, it takes pretty much all half day and all morning, you know. So you got to do a, like a add one day if you want to do a brand hunt. You know, we hunt those in the, in the Pacific. 
Uh, it's a 65 mile, mile drive west from Hermosillo. And, you know, we hunt there in the, in the ocean. So we can add that also to your package and make it even more uh, interesting, you know. Um, and that's pretty much about the birds we hunt here, you know, about the wing shooting. Mm-hmm. It, it, so the first, the first trip I actually um, went down with uh, Sergio and his, and his family, um, it was back in 19, so it would have been, let's see, it was actually into 20 because it was after the first of the year when I was doing the, the Upland Slam all in a single year. So I had saved all of the dove species and also the elegant quail to do down in Sonora, which, let's face it, getting out of the Michigan winter, heading down to Sonora in the middle of winter is a great deal all all around. But at that time, I mean, I was pretty engaged into what was going on, and and the elegant quail was actually set to be my last. The four quail I literally got in the first afternoon, right upon arriving. Like, flight landed. The the four quail were were out in the first afternoon, Um like, and as we talk through all these, if if you guys want to, head to my YouTube page because you can check out the videos on these. So the dove hunting was was phenomenal. I mean, we we dove hunted, I think, three days that time. I've, I don't know how many times I've dove hunted with Sergio and his family down there, but they're all all excellent. I mean, you're going to get lots of shooting in. Um, the shotguns and everything is top-notch. If you're going dove hunting, quail hunting, waterfall hunting, they've got the shotguns there. Don't worry about traveling with that stuff if you don't want to. Um but really, I wanted to talk about the quail and the brant because those are, for me, extremely special and so different than anything else that, that you can hunt in North America. The Gamble's quail hunt, and I'll stand by this, is the best free-range free range quail hunting that there is in North America. Like We went out and shot a three-man limit of, again, I'm going to repeat this, free-range Gamble's quail. We shot a three-man limit, which is 10 birds a person, in less than an hour. Free range, great flying, and they're just where they're, where they're at, it's like 45 minutes, an hour from the lodge, and it's perfect habitat. I mean, they've got egg fields right next to it. They've got the cover. They've got everything they need. Because of the egg fields, they keep all the predators down. There's, there, there basically is no hunting pressure there, so the coveys are huge. And again, I'll stand by it. Best free range gambles quail hunting that there is in the world. Basically, best quail hunting for free range birds that there is. Um, we went through the hassle, brought the dogs down, and, and I mean, they just went crazy. And the elegant quail that they offer is actually, it, it's, it's like one of the new world species of quail. Gorgeous bird on a completely different side of Hermosillo. Um, Obviously a little bit tougher, but a lot more special just because this is the only spot that you can get on elegant quail. And Sergio, do you just want to talk about, I guess, the difference of how you hunt Gamble's quail and then elegant quail? Yes, uh, well, uh, as you know, Mark, the, the Gamble's quail are, uh, we can call it a little bit more common here, and they live here on the flats, right? So. So they're they're everywhere here where we are, you know, close to our lodge, on the fields. You, I mean, they live here in the, in the flat lands where we where we're located, you know. And yes, where we hunted them, uh, especially that day, it's where we usually hunt them. Every time we got a group requesting a gamble quail hunt, uh, 
and why because there's a lot of uh i don't know if you remember there there's a lot of uh you know orchards and vineyards all around those places where we hunt so it's the perfect habitat you know they got water they got cover they got you know the predator control and like you said there's no hunting pressure the locals don't hunt and and um so yeah we're the only one the only ones hunting there so you know it's it's like you said big cavities and 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 great hunting and on the difference with the elegant quail those are located up in the hills and so we gotta drive the opposite way like east uh of of hermosillo and and start climbing a little bit uh, uphill you know Uh, you mentioned it it's a little bit more difficult yes and because of the kind of terrain we're hunting right and uh, so they're different totally different birds we can find both gambles and elegance up in the hills but we cannot find the elegance down here at the flats so that's that makes it a little interesting and uh, well the it's the same way we hunt them you know just different location different vegetation uh, it's a little harder, uh, but it's totally worth it. You know, you you will get your limits, and and and, and you you'll be happy uh, after this hunt. You know, and and they're beautiful, beautiful birds. You know, oh, they're absolutely gorgeous. Hey everybody, I'm a believer in using the best and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are. They're the best in the market. If you're looking for accuracy and dependability, make sure to go check them out. Get that gun of a lifetime coming your way at gunworks.com. If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out Rough Tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out, roughtough.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. Now let's talk about the Brant hunting, which is one of the most special things, one of the special hunts that you can do. And Sergio was explaining everything of how it was going to go down before we got there, but to actually experience it, when he says you're hunting on the beach, you literally go to the the um, off the coast, go along the beach, walk down, dig pits right off the beach. I mean, you're, you're on the beach, you're, you're digging these pits and you're like, I'd say 10 yards from the water and you get all these decoys clustered together and, and, and I'll have you explain how the tides kind of do it, Sergio. But as the, as the tides change, the birds start to get up and you'll catch them in, in twos and fours and then big groups of six and eight. And I mean, they come right into your lap. Like with the tides, what is it with the tides that get them get them up and going, Sergio? Uh, well, the thing is with with the the brand, you know, they they eat the eelgrass, you know. So uh, usually, you know, they they're sitting in the water, and if, if, when the t- high tide cam comes, it pushes all the grass into the shore, right? So they want to go into the shore and 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 feed there. Uh, it's all green little grass by the shore. You know, that's where we dig the holes uh, and pits where we're going to sit, right? So you want to be there at the right time of the tides in order to have the the birds working towards you. Otherwise, you can go there and sit for two hours and you're going to see them, but they're not going to be in range, right? So 
uh, once we set up, you know, we dig these little pits in the in the sand right on the shore. We set up our decoys, and but we knew we know previously we checked the weather and the high tide when when what time we want to be there, right? And it's usually around ten o'clock in the morning up to twelve p.m. That's when when all the action happens. You know, you can be there earlier or later, but the action it's going to be around that time if, you know if we got the tides right so uh, after setting up then we just hide and and make them uh, just wait a little bit for them to move start looking for the feed then we make some calls you know we we have this call uh close like a goose kind of thing and then well they just like you said they just decoy in and come and then we're waiting for them and and you are the only ones that are hunting these in this area, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're the only ones hunting this area. It's a Indian reservation, and we're the we have the only uh, well the exclusive permit to do this. You know, uh, we renew these these kind of uh, permits every year. You know, and and yes, we're the only ones doing it. And it is. I mean, it is an amazing experience. I've got one of those videos up on my YouTube page as well. Um, unique and an amazing experience. And as we kind of transition over to the waterfall here, one thing, if, if you think about when you're going to go and, and hunt in Sonora for waterfall or quail or any of these, it's it's getting towards that peak plumage. Um, like you can waterfall hunt January, February into that, that first part of March. And if you think about how colored up the birds are at that point in time there, I mean, everything is just colored up and gorgeous. Um, Sergio, when, when do you start your quail hunts? Like, let's go through this, the seasons before we, before we dig onto the, the mule deer and coos deer and desert sheep that you guys do. What's your first season? Like when, when does hunting season start and explain what you hunt each month from there all the way until it kind of closes down again? Uh, okay. Well, so our, we start working, uh, operating, you know, the hunts in late October. All right. So the season opened a little bit earlier than that, but the weather doesn't help. And, and I'll be honest. So we want to be here late October, and so on. So we start with doves and quail late October, the whole month of November. And then by December, we can start adding the waterfall. And that's uh, when they start, you know, arriving to our, to our ponds and to the places where we hunt. Okay. It depends every year, you know, some years they arrive a little bit earlier. Uh, so we can squeeze some hunts in November. I mean, duck hunting. But while, while we're hunting doves, we can start adding, like I said, the quail from October all the way to March. And same thing with the, with the uh, waterfall. You know, we have the uh, season opens in October, but it goes all the way to March. But the prime time to do waterfall will be December, January, February, even uh, a little bit part of March, right? So we have a long season for birds, including all birds. And it depends on what time you're planning to visit on what can we offer to hunt, right? So see, if you're here in October, it's not you're not going to be able to hunt the brand, for example. You're going to be here 
close to December, January, if you want to hunt the brand. So each kind of each species has its different uh, dates, but we're open from October all the way to March, right? So it's, a, I mean, it's a, it's a long season, which is great to, for people's schedule. I mean, if you think about it, you got six months to be able to get down there. Exactly. And we can pretty much uh, be a, like a personalized your trip. Like if, if you contact us, us and, 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 hey, I want to do a gamble's quail and a elegant quail, then I can tell you, okay, this is the best time to come. This is the best month. And we can schedule that to your, you know, to your group or your party. Same thing with the brand uh, or the waterfall, you know. If you just want to come and hunt uh, doves, which is great too, a lot of people do it, you know, we're here from October to March. And so I think we can, you know, we're, we can do that specialized kind of packages uh, depending on what you're interesting and, and set some dates, uh, you know, on the calendar depending what what people wants to hunt you know yep and now let's before we dig into the big game stuff let's let's bounce over to to turkeys your gould turkey operation what what month do you um is the season for gould's turkeys down there all right so gould's turkeys usually start april 15th something around there and it ends around my May 15th. So we have a month of season. The season opens earlier. I mean, the actual legal season opens earlier, but nobody's hunting them. They're not gobbling. They're, they're just not, it's just not the time to hunt them. Mm-hmm. So we start hunting April 15th and we end hunting around May 15th or May 20th. It changes every year by a week or so. Uh, but basically we do four or five camps every year and uh it's a hundred percent success hunt uh there's we got a lot a lot of turkeys uh like we mentioned on the quail the hunting pressure it's not it's not hard you know we're the only ones hunting there we got a lot of land to hunt and um the way we usually work we uh we have groups of five, four or five people, and then we have a full camp, and we do four or five weeks, depending on the year, on the calendar. So up to 20 or 25 hunters a year, and they all, they all, uh, they're all su- successful, you know? And I can say when I went, uh, when I went turkey hunting with you, I, the first afternoon in the camp, I shot a big bird, and then the next morning I shot my second bird. So that, I mean, it was over just like that. And in those two birds, there was a total of uh, five beards. The first one had three beards, and the, and the second one had two, and literally had no idea on, on either bird. But the amount of birds that I saw when I was there was insane. I mean, I just remember that morning, the, I mean, the whole valley hillside was lighting up with gobblers. Literally, everywhere you looked, there was gobblers. It was it was insane. Now, in relation, where does the Gould hunt happen from Hermosillo? So hunters fly into Hermosillo. Explain explain how um, that works, getting them to the Goulds camp and so forth. Yeah, so you fly into Hermosillo, then we pick you up at the airport, uh, as we usually do. The only thing here is uh, the driving. So we got to drive around five hours 
up to the base uh, base hills of Sierra Madre, you know, which is southeast, you know, from Hermosillo. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the driving, it's a little bit, uh, well, it's, it's, it's a little far, you know. And, but we do also offer a uh, charter plane, you know, that you can hire. And uh, that will put you in the, in the field in 45 minutes. So uh, once we pick you up, you either fly or we drive. We get into this uh, ranch house that we have up there. And that's our camp. And you will have your guide, you know, uh, one per hunter. And he will do uh, all the setup and the calling. And, of course, you can call if you want. You know, a lot of people want to call themselves. And we, you know, it's your hunt. We we do what whatever it's, it takes to have you happy here, you know. But you will have a guide. And, yes, you're right. So our, I think our average, uh, it's one and a half days and then you're 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 done with your hunt i mean you're you're successful with your hunt you know so yeah it's we we got a lot of turkeys uh, a lot of turkeys in the in these areas and like i said we had we have a big big area where we hunt thousands and thousands of acres so there's there's plenty of birds yeah, and one one thing with with just so anybody that's listening that's interested in a, a Gould's turkey hunt, um, the guys at Muy Grande because of their success in and it is no joke. I mean, it is there are turkeys everywhere. You're going to get into them. It's not one of the places you go to and you're like, man, I hope I get a turkey in in the the four or five day hunt. This is you're going to see turkeys from the second you get into the field until you're until you're tagged out and done. They are booked up in advance a little bit. So if you're looking to get, get in for a Turkey hunt, um, make sure to give them a call or the, the guys at WTA give the, give the office a call. Um, just because it, it is tough on, on last minute bookings. It's not like you can just go and I'm going to go into the spring this year. They're, they're normally booked out. You got to plan a year or so in advance. So if this is something that's on your bucket list, um, give the guys a call. Now I did the, uh, the flight option just based on, on timing and so forth. Cause I, when I hunted with them, I was, I was in the middle of, uh, doing the world Turkey slam in a, in a single spring. So I was literally bouncing all over the place. So if I could save a day, I'd save a day that charter flight. If you can get four guys in there, um, it's not that much more expensive and Holy smokes. It, it saves you from that, that five hour drive on, on both sides. If, if you got a group of four going, that's, uh, Definitely something to talk to Sergio about. It's not that expensive for, for the time it saves and just makes everything a lot more enjoyable. Um, but the one thing about their Gould's Turkey Hunt is it is as close to a slam dunk as, as you can get. And anybody that's seen a Gould's Turkey, they are just so gorgeous. That white sticks out, especially on the desert floor when, when they're starting to work and coming in. It, it, is, it is awesome. So let's uh, let's – transition into the into the big game normally what everybody likes to talk about first but i i chose to talk about it second here just because i've hunted all the all the birds with you um let's go over your your mule deer hunts what what month you do them um the hunting tactics that you guys use when you're in the field for mule deer and so forth yeah mark so yes the the mule deer Mule deer season starts in uh, December, and uh, same, it's the same season for mule deer and coos deer, and start in December, and it ends all the way to mid, around mid-February. It changes every year, the end, the ending, you know, uh, 
but it usually starts December 1st. So if you're going to hunt uh, mule deer and coos deer, you want to be here either December or January. Um, what we do, it's, uh, well, we pick you up at the airport here in Hermosillo, you know, and then we 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 go from there to, to camp, mule deer camp. Um, we run uh, three three to four different camps every year at the same time. Uh, each camp it's managed, you know, by, by a camp manager. And so what we do here, we put no more than four hunters per camp or area. So if you, you want to bring your group of friends, you're, you can bring, you know, up to four. And that will be like an exclusive camp for, for your group. And each each hunter here has its own truck with a high rack, its own driver, and its own uh, guide. So it's a guided, fully guided, one on one. And and then we we have a chef a chef in camp. Uh, he'll you know he'll take care of all your meals and drinks. So yeah, it's a six full days of hunting trip and. Uh, uh, we we hunt all three range uh, here. We got uh, up to a hundred and fifty thousand acres leased uh, this season, uh, summing up what fourteen like fifteen different ranches where we're gonna hunt this year. And uh, you know we we produce big big deer. You know they're they're here. They live here in Sonora. You know, uh, but we're hunting free range too. You got to understand that, that, uh, you know, that not every deer you're going to see here, it's a 200 inch deer, you know, uh, we, they're out there, you know, we try to find them, you know, and we do everything we can. We ride in the high rack all day. Uh, we track, we do a little climbing and glassing. Uh, we do everything for you to get the deer you want, you know, your bucket deer, you know. And on the the high rack, that's one of the questions I've got in the past is why the high rack? Well, if you think about where the majority of these hunts go, some of them, some of them happen. There's a, there's a mountain or a hillside in there that you can get up high in glass. But a lot of this, remember, Sonora is a desert. So if you think about what a normal desert is, it's extremely flat. Um, so the best way to cover the territory and, and, um, be able to just the, the higher, higher success on, on those desert ranches where some of those big deer live is to get up in that high rack and, and start cruising because you're covering more territory. Um, extremely common for, for Sonora to high rack like that, even parts of Texas, just in their desert area to, to get up in a high rack. And truly for me, it's one of the most, it's extremely pleasurable one, because it's different than, than every other type of deer hunting I do, but two, you will see all sorts of stuff when you're going like that. Um, coyotes, bobcats, uh, coos deer, a ton of mule deer. Um, like the stuff that you see when, when you're in the high rack, it, it's, a, it's quite an experience for anybody that hasn't done it before. Um, truthfully, the whole, the whole mule deer hunting experience in Sonora is, is great because I go back to, again, you've, you've got an extended season. If you think about when the U.S. season and Canadian season ends, um, you're now hunting mule deer and big mule deer into the month of January, which I think is why it, hunting in Mexico and hunting Sonora in particular has been so popular amongst hunters. Um, 
because it's just extended their season. They're, they've hunted other places in the U.S. or in Canada, and now they get to bounce down somewhere warm with great food and, and hunt for big deer. It's, it's a tough combo to beat. Um, all right, Sergio, last one on, last one on the list here. Um, desert sheep. Explain, explain for anybody that's looking for, for the big dog of the sheep world, the desert sheep. Yeah, well, the, the desert sheep, uh, Mark, we, we do sell two tags a year, okay? And we've, we, we've been working in the same area for the last eight or ten years. And this is a free-range hunt, right? It's not a high fence. Uh, there's a lot of places now in Sonora that, that offer a high fence hunt for sheep. And, and, but the ones we do are, are free-range, right? The ones we're talking about. And, uh, well, there's nothing to expect on a big, big uh, desert bighorn sheep. You know, we've shot on the last five years, none of the ones we've killed have been under 172 uh, score-wise. And uh, we kind of, you know, take care of the area, manage the area. We work uh, by hand-by-hand hand with the owner here, and he takes care of the area. Uh, he understands the hunting and the importance of hunting the big ram, you know, and not the young ones. And so... Uh, usually it will, it'll take us, you know, several days, seven days. What we do before you get here, we already have a ram located, right? So that's, we try to make that for you. Uh, so we don't, we don't, you know, we don't uh, have a lot of time looking for a ram. So what I do, it's before you show up, we got a ram located. I got a crew there uh, looking at the ram every day. So when, when you show up here, we pretty much know what mountain range we're going to go to and try to make the hunt happen, right? Um, of course, there are animals. They change from one peak to another peak every day. And, you know, it's a challenge. But you can do this hunt, you know, and very uh, pleasable if you if that's the way to do it, I mean, to say it. Uh, and, you know, we it's been 100% success on the last eight years. So we we do understand the importance of this hunt uh, for for all the sheep hunters, and, and we try to make it happen the best way as, as possible, you know? Yep. And this is, uh, I'm going to repeat what Sergio said, this is free-range mainland desert sheep. And you see a lot of sheep coming out of, out of Sonora. Um, some of those are high fence sheep. So always keep that in mind where you're, where you're looking at sheep and going, man, they're, they're shooting 185 inch sheep every, every single day over there out of the mainland. Well, a lot of those are high fence, which is okay. Like that's, that's part of, that's part of it. Like some of those are in high fence. These are the ones that Sergio sells are, are two tags a year on a, on a ranch that's over 40,000 acres managed correctly and, I like, I just love it because the, the horns are so dark on these rams, just the genetic strain and, and the habitat that they have. These are just extremely dark horned rams, old broomed off most of them. And when you're hunting desert sheep, 
it's one of those things because it, it's it's hot down there. It is even in January, it gets up to it gets into the 90s sometimes during the day. So these sheep they're moving in the morning and then they're moving in the afternoon. And there's a there's a lot of dead time in the afternoon because these these rams just don't move when it gets hot. Um, and for for what the cost of these hunts are, Sergio and his team um, do everything in their power to make sure that it's going to be a successful hunt because by the time somebody um, pays for that hunt gets down there with their time and so forth this is one that that Sergio and his team value extremely high that they need everything to go perfect on it and and man they do the, if you get a chance go to the page the rams that they take are are just amazing and the, the ranch location is awesome because you get up there and you can see the ocean off in the distance just a a gorgeous ranch all around the experience is a great one all the way around um Sergio I know the flights in and out of Hermosillo have been have been changing with COVID especially but now that everything's kind of kind of back to normal what are the flight options to get into into Hermosillo and what do you recommend for for hunters going in and out well uh there's uh you're right it changed you know it's coming back to normal everything here and uh now there's actually three flights coming into Hermosillo uh, every day. Uh, so there's two flights arriving from Phoenix, Arizona, and one flight arriving from Dallas every day. So this is the same. You know, it, it arrives and it departs the same day. So we got three departures and three arrivals every day from Phoenix and Dallas. Uh, and you, you're welcome to use any of those. Uh, I would recommend truly to fly instead of driving uh, there's a lot of people that want to drive through the border but if you're bringing your you know your guns and your rifles and this and that and i truly recommend you to fly it's very easy to fly with guns we encourage everybody to bring their own guns you know because we do all the work we do all the paperwork we do all the requirements you just got to show up here with your gun and everything is going to be done you know uh so that's those are the the, the the options of flights right now going on through Hermosillo and uh, it's 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 nice it's reasonable you know now I guess explain that that's a good one that you brought up there explain the process um, from the from the from a U.S. hunter's perspective of okay I'm going I'm going with you guys to go mule deer hunting I'm going to bring my own rifle. What information do you need from them? And then once you have that information, how does it how does it work? And and what do they need to make sure that they know you guys are doing for when they when they take off with their rifle and ultimately you guys meet them in the Hermosillo Airport? So, it, like I said, it's very easy for the hunter um, to bring a gun, you know, or a rifle, and, uh, because we do all the work. So when you're when you're interested in booking a hunt we will tell you know even if it's a uh, doves or waterfall we we encourage you to bring your shotgun you know and so we just send you a form that you gotta fill out pretty easy with your you know gun serial numbers and brand and this and that and then you just email me back that form then we do all the process and this is a uh importation uh process it's called temporary import or whatever which uh, it has you got to come first through an outfitter, right, uh, to get this permit, which we take care of, and then second, uh, you're you just got to jump on your plane with your gun, and then we'll we'll be waiting at the airport with the right paper to help you go through. So 
as long as the gun permit matches your gun on the serial numbers, it's gonna, that's what they're going to check, you're good to go. Same thing on the way out. We go, we take you uh, to the airport, and just going to match that the gun is leaving the country, and that's it. It's pretty easy, very easy, safe, uh, and, and no trouble at all. Yeah, it's, all, it's always nice to have your own gun in the field, too. So then when you travel back to the U.S., the only thing that you'll need here is that 4457 form, which just um, it verifies that you had the rifle and it was yours before you left left the U.S. For anybody that uh, doesn't know what that form is, you just have to go to your local customs office, bring, bring your um, firearm in there, and they'll check the, the serial number. And if it's a rifle, if it has a scope on it, they'll write the, the serial number of the scope and so forth. Just It's a verification of ownership before you leave the U.S. Again, simple simple to get here. It's just the, the drive to your local customs office to get that get that piece of paper. Um, Sergio, on, on your deer hunts and on the sheep hunt, do you ship the trophies back, and can guys fly with them? How do, how do the majority of hunters do that? Uh, okay, so... 100% of the deer, either coos deer or mule deer, uh, you take your trophy with you. So we'll do all the preps in the field. You know, we'll cape it, skin it, do everything we you know need it. And then we're going to either freeze or dry, depending what day of the trip you, you shot your deer. You know, So we either freeze it or dry it. And then we'll give you a little bag or cooler. Uh, those soft coolers, so you can take your trophy with you. Uh, it's very easy. Uh, there's a wrapping machine at the airport, those plastic wrapping machine, and we'll give you all the paperwork that you need to declare on Phoenix. Uh, let's say you're flying through Phoenix. They're used to it in Phoenix. There's always U.S. Fish and Wildlife people there checking uh, for uh, capes and antlers coming from Sonora. So they're used to it. Uh, it's a pretty standard process for them, you know, because there's there's many outfitters here and, and there's a lot of hunters going back and forth through Phoenix uh, during that time of the year. So that's, and, and that's how everybody does it, you know. We can offer the shipping. We, we do can, but that has to be done through a U.S. Uh, USDA licensed uh, export import guy, so it, it it kind of leaves our hands, but it's it's doable, it's possible. Um, we recommend you to take your trophy with you because it it will never leave your hands, and you will have the right paperwork, and it's easy. So you get back home with your trophy in your hands. On the sheep. It's a little different because he, he, the sheep are on a CITES permit, and that that CITES permit has to be sent to Mexico City and signed. So it's a process that will take around a month and a half. But for the sheep, we do use the the broker and the import export agent, unless you want to come and pick it up uh, and not deal with the. Uh, with the uh, export process, right? Um, I have hunters that tell me, hey, just ship it to me. And But I have others that they don't want to risk or anything, and then they come and pick it up. You know, they book a flight, uh, and they leave the same day. So it's it's up to you guys on the, on the sheep. And on the mule deer, I recommend you take it. You know, it's very easy. Yep. 
And one thing I for, we, we forgot to go over on the mule deer, um, all the mule, well, not all of them, but the majority of your mule deer hunts also come with an option of a trophy fee on a coos deer, depending on the ranch, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. So where we're hunting, there's coos deer in some of the areas. So the coos deers, they, you know, they, they got to have hills where they live. So if we're hunting in a area that has hills and you might see a coos deer while you're hunting mule deer. We do have extra tags and available tags, um, you know, every year. So we kind of encourage everybody if we see a coos deer and if you're interested, we could do a trophy fee thing uh, every year, you know, and, and with all our, our hunters. Uh, there's people that don't want to have that option and they just let me know, hey, I don't want a coos deer, I just want a mule deer. And and that's it. No problem. You know. I mean. Yeah. So that's a it's a a great one if you're looking for a, a coos deer and and mule deer hunting. A great one. Just let Sergio know and as you're booking, he'll make sure to get you on a ranch to where there are also coos deer on there. Um, and coos deer, it's one of the favorite deer that that I've hunted. Just I mean the way that they move amongst the trees. They call them a gray ghost for a reason when they're when they're moving on that desert floor and up in the hills. They can disappear on you. You'll be on one, and then all of a sudden, even though you've got three guys with binos or four guys with binos watching, it'll just <laughs> disappear, and then all of a sudden show up a half mile down yep. or something like that. And you're like, where did? How did it make it there? This is cool to watch them go. Well, Sergio, thank you. Um, for your time today, this has been awesome running through everything. I, I know you've got a ton of repeat guys going down every single year to do the bird hunting and, and especially the deer hunting. Um, anybody that's listening, again, if you're looking for an amazing adventure, I mean, man, they do a ton of stuff from desert sheep, mule deer, coos deer, the Goulds turkeys. I mean, that, like I'll, I'll stress the Goulds. It is, if you're looking for your world slammer to go on just a great turkey hunt, make sure to check that one out. Doves, um, ducks, brants, quail. I mean, you got a you got a lot going on down there in in Sonora and and particularly right around Hermosillo and it's it's an easy one to get in and out and the hunting takes place when it's majority cold especially living up in the north over here it's cold it's just a great time with with truly Sergio and his family are just great individuals um, you probably heard me say this in the hunting industry if if you can go with people that you trust and Sergio and his family are are ones that you can 100% trust they run their camps correctly so what does that mean they control the controllables. Their equipment's in great order. The food's awesome. The lodging's awesome. The guides are great. So they can control all of the controllables. What they can't control is the weather every year. Um, they're just entering the raining season this year. Hopefully you guys get a ton of rain and, and got all the lakes and the ponds and everything there for the waterfall and, and just adds to that deer growth. On great, if you, if you guys follow Sonora on great rain years, the deer that come out of Sonora is amazing. You'll see multiple deer over 200, some up to 220. Just it, it, the place can be extremely special under the right conditions and get that rain. Yes, Mark. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, thank you for, for your time too. And uh, yes, uh, well, you know, you're welcome here every time. And uh, we're happy to have you here every time you come here. And we enjoy hunting with you. And well, we invite everybody, you know, to come and check this place out. It's, uh, like you say, it's there's a lot of options, and it's uh, easy. You know, you come here on a Thursday, you can be home back on a Sunday if you want to do a, a quick trip, you know. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's a little interesting to do and yep. add it to your, to your hunts, you know. 
hundred percent. And that's, that's there on a Thursday back on a, on a Sunday with a lot of shooting and great food in between. That's, that's the key right there. A lot of shooting and some great food in between. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, perfect. I can't wait to get down there again, Sergio. Well, I, I hope to have you here soon, man. Perfect. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you everyone out there for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.